to your favorite podcast, The Golden Crown Podcast, where each week we bring you a dash of Hallmark movie magic. You have your hosts for season nine. You have myself, Sally, joined by the beautiful, the lovely, the bookish, Tracy. And as always, we do have our silent co-host, Colleen the Build-A-Bear. And in keeping with our Season 9 theming of Storybook, our first segment will be Moral Musings. This segment is where we will give you a moral of the story type of insight. And it doesn't have to necessarily pertain to our movie. It could just be something we thought of through the week or that's pertinent at the time. So I will start with my moral musing, which is good things come to those who wait. A tried and true moral told through many fairy Mm -hmm. tales and storybook stories of the past, present, and future. Just good things come to those who wait. We'll take it there. Sally. So my moral musings for this week is the idea that there is no set type of person to be a hero. We all can step into our own. We all can step up and be brave when need be, if that's what we choose to do. So, Marida. um, Exactly. Well, we will slip and slide into our next segment, which is plot points. As always, we'll be sharing with you what movie we watched, as well as those elements that you entrust us to share with you, including Once Upon a Time, Happily Ever After, and The End, all based on our fairy tale theme for season nine. Of course, like we said in our last podcast episode, we will be continuing with the Loveuary X Jane Austen. And the next one we decided to cover was Love and Jane. So starring as leading lady Lily is... Allison Sweeney, who Mom and I both know and love from the Wedding Veil trilogy, Hannah Swenson Mysteries, you name it, she's a busy, busy gal. Yes, lots and lots and lots of Hallmark cred. Yes, and another well-known actor to us, starring as leading man Trevor, is Benjamin Aries, who we saw as recently as Field Day. So, again, both are ones that we know and love. I'll go ahead and read Hallmark's synopsis. They say... Jane Austen appears in the flesh to help a woman with her love life. I mean, I've come to accept that we're not going to get a whole lot of detail from here on out, I suppose. That's okay, because that's why we're here. So, we do open on Lily, who we see that she's won an award for her writing. We know that she's a huge, huge, huge Jane Austen fan. Seems to have all the novels... Her love letters, autobiographies, clearly a big fan. She is off and in a rush because she got so lost in pride and prejudice that she almost missed her Jane Society meeting. She's the president of the Jane Society, yes. And before rushing into the meeting, she also realizes that she left her copy at home, which leads her to a nearby bookstore called Scribblers. And quite unfortunately at Scribblers, well... Fortunately, she finds the book she wants, but at the time she's finding the book, it seems the clerk of the store, 
at least, is pulling that book from the shelf, right. saying, we had an online order for it just one minute ago, and that person takes priority over you as an on-site, in-the-store type of customer who wants to buy it and walk away with it. Right. But I can order it for you, and you'll have it in two days. Well... That does not suit Lily because Lily wanted no. to take it with her to her Jane Society meeting and she wanted it right now. She was outraged at the thought that the internet <laughs> order would take priority over somebody standing right, right in the store oh. and willing to buy it and walk out with it at that time. Though I do understand her ire, I also find it very confusing that she didn't make the very reasonable suggestion that since this person is an online order and not an in-person order, she could just borrow the book for her book club, pay, you know, half or even pay for the full book if she really wanted to, and return it in time for the person online to pick up the order since it was literally going to be like, what, an hour at yeah. this book club, literally right next door. Just just trying to throw out a reasonable Oh, not assessment. only that, but from the practicality perspective, she didn't make... During the meeting, at least the meeting we mm. saw conducted, she made no reference to the book. That didn't is have to have the book true. in front of her. Didn't but have maybe to it was the, the appearance of holding that Jane Austen novel. Because all of them did have a Jane Austen novel in their hands. So yes. maybe well, it was except for our truck driver because he only true. listens to he, the books on tape audiobooks, during his long hauls. We correct. did have our truck driver. Can't she remember still, his name, but adored him. So she does make it, obviously, to the meeting. Seems to be very successful. Like Mom says, she brings in a whole array of people that appreciate Jane Austen's work. So kudos to her that mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, the same, same. It's at a nice little English pub. Yes, very And the cute. owner of that pub is so kind as to lend them that space for free. Right, which is incredible. Which is very nice. However, at the end of the night, she finds out from the owner of the pub that... He is selling it and yes. retiring. Correct. So she will have to find another meeting location for her Jane Society meetings. And we do get to see what she does for work, which is she works within an ad agency, specifically in their copyright division. She has a very close work bestie, Alicia, who is part of the design team. So they kind of band together on most accounts and the next day at work she learns that there's a really big account that the company is trying to sign one of the other co-workers who was kind of like nelson brandon from, from um betty's bad luck and love yes, a little this bit is, this similar is brandon, archetype is yes exactly yes yes very much is ecstatic about this account because he thinks this person is just genius and brilliant cutting edge in the digital space and when she walks into the meeting she sees that it is actually trevor the who, clerk from yes. scribblers who is not a clerk who bought scribblers mm -hmm. as a bookstore but who also has seems to be an entrepreneur of types and yes. has passion for buying businesses that yes. interest him correct Little Elon Muskish in a way, yeah. only not on the technical side of things, more on True. kind of a different bent. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good comparison. And he is very, very smart. He's very articulate. He knows what he wants and he goes for it. And truthfully, Lily was a little taken aback as he talks about what books mean in the way that he sees that they can connect people because she didn't expect that kind of depth from him. But she's immediately irritated once more when her boss is saying, 
all right, like let's get on this account to basically make sure people buy books online instead of coming to the actual bookstore, which Lily very much objects to. But during that evening, she is on a date with her boyfriend at the time, Martin. Yes, Martin. Aw, oh, poor Martin. And poor Martin <laughs> has received a very large promotion, and he is an attorney, I believe. Corporate lawyer, Corporate yes. Lawyer. And this promotion will lead him to Chicago. Right. Whereby he produces a ring box, proposes that, why don't we just get married, because then I can take care of you. You can write right. your books. You don't have to have this job that you hate. Yes. You can come with me, everything's perfect, and life will be fulfilling for both of right. us. And you can take the trip to England that you always wanted to take, because you'll finally have the financial capacity to do so. Yes, and no job to hold you down. Right, exactly. To Lily. which our Lily <laughs> does not... Does take. not love. No. She is very much inspired by Jane Austen herself and believes that you should be the one to make your own dreams come true. And not rely on somebody else to take right. care of you, to allow you to do things that you've dreamed of. Exactly. And so therefore, she says goodbye to Martin. And... Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Upon returning home, she's distraught, relying on her Jane... Austin novels to keep her company and seems to wish so hard that when she opens her eyes there is a Jane Austen lookalike staring down at her. She does believe someone broke into the house but we see that imaginary Jane Austen say hmm, must not be the time and just kind of float off into space. The nethers. Yes <laughs> and of course we can't spend too long on this. Lily very quickly accepts that this must be Jane Austen herself. And she does confide in Alicia, her work bestie. Alicia says, yeah, I've, I've imagined Matt Damon before. So it's not that uncommon to have a single hallucination in, at some point in your life. But already this is a little different because Jane seems particularly interested in granting Lily's wish that she help get her life in order. So as Jane comes back for the second night in a row, Lily now begins to accept that she really is, you know, an imaginary form of Jane Austen. She teaches Lily how to pour a proper tea service. She teaches Lily how to dance to elegant dance music. And in the middle of their lesson, Martin actually shows up at the door, which is a really big surprise considering Lily had cut things off. And he's once again trying to offer, you know, you really should probably not turn this down. I could really take care of you. And he's astounded to learn that Lily already has a new roommate, which is how she refers to Jane Austen. But of course he cannot see anything. Even though he's brought the ingredients for her favorite drink, a Tom Collins, which is a very old-fashioned classic drink, but mm -hmm. not unheard of. Uh, for which, of course, Lily says, thank you very much, takes the bag of ingredients and right. says bye-bye. Uh, yes. Pushes him on his way. And Jane has disappeared. Yes. Because he was able to look in and there was nobody there. Right. Just the Jane Austen book sitting on a sofa for which he said, okay, yes, I can see you've been, you know, reading your Jane Austen. So... Again, the Jane Austen imaginary is just imaginary, just 
somebody she can see and relate to, somebody who's there to help her through finding her way in the world and through a difficult time in her life. Right. And as our plot progresses here, we do see that Lily, Alicia, and Brandon are working, trying to work hard on this account. They're all struggling a little bit. They just don't really know the angle that they want to take. And Alicia has things to worry about on her own because she is seen multiple times just kind of crying, saying it's really tough, you know, interacting with her parents. They just expect too much from her. And Lily does try to ask questions and hear more, but Alicia does seem pretty private in the sense of she's willing to share her emotions, but not really share what's going on behind them or the reason why. Mr. Wickham, who owns the Telltale Heart pub that they were having their meetings in, calls Lily to his pub and shares the news that he found a better space for them since he will be closing it down. And who should walk into the pub as the owner of this space that is better? But Trevor. So yes, now Lily once more is confronted with Trevor in the third construct of his livelihood in her life, uh, as, mm-hmm. it, as it were. None too pleased is she to think no. that, yes, okay, now you're saying we will go meet at Scribbler's. Yes. Your bookstore that you want app and online focus right, right. on and not people walking in as mm-hmm. true customers, touching real books, opening right. hardbacks, smelling the binding and the pages yep. and touching. Yes. So she's not real pleased. And this is where we have reached the quote of our podcast. Because as he's saying, don't worry, you know, you're exactly the audience I'm trying to bring in. Someone who doesn't like apps, someone who's really interested in books. So, you know, he's very business minded in his approach. And he does promise that for the Jane Society, he will have someone make tea and crumpets. And this is the quote of our podcast. She shoots back. I'm not interested in your crumpets. And even Mr. Wickham's kind of like, okay. This is not going the way Mr. Wickham <laughs> yeah. thought it would go. He thought this would be a very happy-go-lucky, okay, we have a new space, all is well. Yay. And instead, Lily is kind of just marching out with this last sentiment. But she is outvoted. <laughs> Nine to one, people wanted to pick up Scribblers as their new meeting locale. So she's upset by this, of course. But before they get to their next meeting, we do see Alicia have a bit of a breakdown at work. So she is full on sobbing in their little storage room. Seemed like, yes. And Lily has to go find out for real what is going on. So basically, Alicia is Punjabi from India, and her parents have decided at age 27, mm-hmm. you're becoming a spinster, we shall <laughs> fix you up with somebody right. and arrange a marriage because it's time. Yeah. Or well past time. Right. So Alicia is not real pleased. She does want to fall in love and yeah. and select her own uh, partner. Correct. Uh, and not have this arranged marriage. But this is at least just first an arranged meeting, a a dinner meeting. So Lily agrees at this point to come to the restaurant where they're meeting and be unobtrusively and yet close enough to 
come to her aid should anything happen where she gets the signal from Alicia. Right. But we find out as Lily is in her office and very focused on, okay, Jane Society's meeting there at Scribblers. This guy well, she's is... She's focused on her book, was what she's actually... She's writing her book for. Well, she is right, but that's after the fact she kind of puts aside the whole, how do I do this advertisement? How do I work with... The whole issue with Trevor, I think, was bothering her. Yes, and then she focused on the right, book. Right, So she can bring herself to, to writing again, which yes. she hadn't since she won the... Colbert Award seven years ago as the most promising Pulitzer new writer. Prize, if you will. Yes, yes. So she is writing, and Brandon comes into her office in a huff. In a huff, wanting to confide in her something that she needs to know and understand, and she needs to hear it. Now she's obviously thinking, okay, he's crushing on me because Alicia's planted that in her mind. He's mind going you. to say that. He's interested and in right. that he wants to date her. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. You don't want to say, you just don't want to say, you don't want to say. And he goes, I'm in love with Alicia. And yeah. just throws himself in the chair, which gives great relief to Lily. Yes. She's okay with this outcome. She is And okay she with also it. promises to help him out. Yes. And it's interesting to see her pick her writing back up. Because she does, you know, share that with the prize. She kind of got... In her head about revising her work, revising her work, not really writing anything new, just kind of stuck. And it's really Jane that brings her back to writing because they get in a whole big argument. I mean, a rather tame argument, but an argument nonetheless, I would say, where Jane basically is criticizing her for working so late, saying she needs her beauty sleep. And Lily's like, this is my job. This is what I have to do. And... Jane's point is, if you're going to be working late at night, you might as well be doing something that you're actually interested in, not this advertising thing that you really could care less about, but you should be writing. You should be doing a passion. And Lily doesn't take too well to this idea. She's kind of dismissive of Jane saying, you know, what would you know? You're not a modern day working woman. And Jane gets to just vanish because she's done with the conversation. And we do see that her words sunk in for Lily because this is the first time she's revisiting her writing. Mm -hmm. Not too long after this interaction with Brandon, she is actually finishing up her book. She seems to be staying up pretty much all the night. She's exhausted and drained, which doesn't bode well for her ad campaign because she's not spending a whole lot of no. her brain power on it. But when the meeting's coming up, we do kind of get the first hint that Trevor may be a little bit interested in her because he does kind of stop by her office. Now, at this time, Jane is in her office, and so she's holding the door closed pretty tightly against her face. He's thinking he's interrupting something, and he's saying he just wanted to let her know how excited he is about the meeting. Like, come on, as if. But later that evening... They bump into each other yet again because she, I believe, is leaving the Telltale Heart and he was walking by. And he does offer to go for an evening stroll with her. And she is very happy to go on that stroll. How? Which was fortuitous, which was rather unexpected. <laughs> I, I didn't really expect that she would say, yes, let's do I didn't do either. That. And they... Walk around whatever area of Boston they're able to the walk North around Market. in. 
Yes, into the North Market area and chit-chat and get to know each other just a little bit more. Yeah, they do point out the fact that they've been bumping into each other quite a bit, kind of hinting at that fate. She learns that he isn't strictly business-minded and that his interest in books specifically goes far beyond just a business motive. It's actually something really personal for him. He thinks that books are how people connect and they can take you places that you couldn't otherwise visit, that sort of thing. So they really do bond over kind of books throughout the movie. He's shooting off different quotes and she's able to place almost all of them. <laughs> if they were all Jane quotes, she could, right, right. she could find them all because a runner-up quote was about Jane. She has the perfect quote for every occasion. Right. So, yes, that's much more Lily's speak. But she is able she, to yeah, follow along with most of those, those famous author quotes that... Including, oh, Toni Morrison. I was so happy that they shouted her out. What a wonderful author. Just finished Song of Solomon at the top of February. A little celebration for Black History Month. We love it. Definitely sad book, though. You need to be in the right mental space if you're going to be picking that one up. Mm. I'll stick with my cozy <laughs> mystery. Books. But yes, he even lends her his coat when she looks a little chilly, does the gentleman drape drape kind of situation. Mm. After she attends a Jane Society meeting at Scribblers, she does get into a little bit of an intellectual debate with our good friend Trevor. Because he's saying that Jane's writing is very simplistic and that's why he doesn't enjoy it. He thinks the characters are predictable, the plot's straightforward. And of course, this is when it, where Jane appears after their argument. Yeah, and you know, our, like, imaginary, Where have you been? <laughs> our imaginary Jane is there and in scribbles at that moment and very offended. Very offended. To have that judgment upon her works. True. But Lily is able to debate him on this point and kind of says, you know, oh yeah, sense and sensibility, so simple with three interwoven plots. You're right. How could how could you possibly, you know? not follow what's going on, pride and prejudice, you know, the intricacies of the characters and their motives and that sort of thing. And he's like, he admits it's been a while since he's read them. So later on, she does catch him with pride and prejudice. And she's like, okay, now we're revisiting. And this is the first time that Jane gives her stamp of approval, her half stamp of approval for Trevor. And that does lead to mom. Do you give your Hallmark hunk of approval for Trevor? I'm not. I'm not a big nope. fan. Okay. No. Yeah. I. I mean, good actor. Yeah. Just not a hunk. Okay. But that's me. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't give the Hallmark hunks of approval. approval. We need Cindy here. Brandon would get my Hallmark hunk of approval. <laughs> so one of the other projects that Jane is kind of helping her on is chaperoning Alicia and her blind surprise dates first meeting yes. and Lily is a little a little much I would say Lily's a bit on edge to protect Alicia yes she has these huge heart-shaped sunglasses and a scarf around her hair which is confusing because like this random date's not gonna know who Lily is. Like, why are you disguise? This is the one time you don't have to disguise yourself because Alicia literally knows you're there. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and as Alicia is talking with her date, 
she makes a motion of just putting like her um, hair, behind hair behind her ear, which yeah. Lily takes as a distress it's go time. call. It's yeah, I, I got to come over and save but you. But like this is like and right after they sit down. Literally, I'm yeah. like, and, what could have happened? And Alicia's laughing and right. not a- not acting awkward or upset no. about anything. So quite unfortunately, yeah, Lily makes a bit of a fool trying Missed to come up. towards them, but Alicia. Backs her away, backs right. her away. It's like, no, it's fine. Her, it's fine. It's, it's good, it's good. And Lily goes tripping into a server who, I think, thankfully, I think it was just water that got spilled I think all so. over her. But still, she's very embarrassed and she straight up leaves the, leaves the whole date. She's out of there. No more. And Alicia does admit to her later that her date was equally as appalled that their mom set them up in this way because he's actually... Uh, seeing someone else. So <laughs> there was no romantic interest there. They actually got to bond and talk through having these very controlling parents and she made a friend. So all in all, not a terrible time for Alicia at least. Now, Lily is carrying a different sense of confidence with her. She notices, you know, I'm spending more time with what I care about, aka her writing. And Actually, as she's checking her emails, after a little girls' night with Jane Austen, she's having popcorn in bed and a little popcorn fight. She sees that a publisher has reached out to her about the manuscript that she wrote and wants to meet to discuss potential options there. At work, we obviously know we're we're now at the big presentation for Trevor to see if he's going to sign on with this company. For now, the, the boss has put a ton of pressure on all three yes, of them. But she wants the account. Lily. This is right up your alley. Yes. You should be pulling this through. And basically saying you'll get a promotion if you pull this off. Yeah. You'll be able to have more mobility in the company. And we'll, we'll become a bigger company with better resources. Well, her proposal... And I'm going to assume that Brandon and Alicia were in the dark about what was going to happen because they were equally, like, drawn in by her presentation. I think they had no idea what she was going for. But she shares that her belief is Scribbler's bookstore should not reinvent the wheel, so to speak. They shouldn't be doing anything that steps out or tries to sell anything than what it truly is, which is... A place that people could find their next adventure, find a fantasy, or find a historical fiction, or, you know, whatever they're looking for. It could be at this bookstore. And like Mom mentioned, I mean, she really sells that, the AI model that Trevor originally said of, like, you know, we'll see what they read, AI can generate more about their other interests right so so yeah we can advertise and and yeah we can specifically pinpoint based off what people read lily's counterpoint is ai doesn't have the human emotion that for example a bookstore clerk would to be like oh you liked that well this is a little different, but this book made me cry or made me feel the same way as the book you just read. It, it doesn't understand that. It can't have that human experience, which is part of what makes reading so appealing. Obviously, it's authors writing to the human experience. And this is actually where we have reached our Once Upon a Time, because I did find that this was kind of a thread that Jane Austen plants in Lily's head throughout. 
But also, you know, what Lily actually ended up with for her campaign, which is that you can't force that inspiration and you have to, you know, dig from within yourself. That's what she had to do for this presentation. It's not something that can be AI generated, which was the route she was originally going when she had all these big colorful graphics and that sort of yeah. thing. She even admits like this was just spit out by a computer at work. Like this has nothing to do with what I thought of. I just plugged in some right. keywords and there and it was. See what they come. Yep. And she even sees that with her writing. You know, she got so in her head about the perfect idea or when would inspiration strike that she was basically making it so that she worked so many hours of the day that she couldn't have inspiration and she couldn't sit with herself. So I know this wasn't the most overt once upon a time we've ever had, but I did feel that that was pretty prevalent throughout of, you know, you had to tune into yourself and kind of step away. This this movie was very anti-internet, very anti-AI, which, you know, is its own statement, but I felt like overall the point was writing and appealing to others mm-hmm. in the way that advertising is done can't be done through some program on a website. It needs to be human in its experience. So that is the campaign. That is our Once Upon a Time. And she blows out of the water. Trevor seems very, very happy. He signs the account, which makes her boss very, very happy. Yes. And Lily is off because she does have her meeting with the potential publishing company. Which is Pegasus Press. Love that name. Unfortunately, in back-to-back moments, this is where we reach the end or the central conflict of the movie. Now, I will say this is a very soft conflict. Yes. But in talking with the potential publishing company, it seems to be going really well. She's really happy with what they're offering. They both seem to be on the same page of what they expect from this novel. But the representative does say now just for full disclosure we were recently bought out by a faves something something which she recognizes from her account obviously is trevor so now she's thinking oh he set this up for me yes and she is big big mad rushes to the books to scribbler's bookstore and confronts him in person to say okay um so did you know that peg Pegasus Press was going to offer to publish my book. And he does admit, yes, I yes. did know that. Because in full disclosure, they told them all right. about their business. Right. Which he had no problem with. Yes. Which she had the problem with, obviously, is that why I am getting right. this offer. And he does make it clear the offer was on the table before he purchased. But from her perspective, she still sees it as, no, you own this company now. Like, you're pulling the strings more so. I I have to step away because it's feeling a little bit like Martin to her, where something is only happening in her life because someone else is dictating it to be so. Yes. And this really irks her. And we're not really sure exactly where they stand, but she's not pleased. And she actually, you know, for it being the end moment, she does take it a step further and kind of is like, You're always thinking too fast. You're always like 10 moves ahead of me. And I don't even really know who you are. You know, you're just this like thinking machine who makes all these business moves. And like, do you even know what you're doing? And she kind of storms out, which was harsh, uh, especially since he even admits, you know, 
you were surprised that I bought this company because what we were flirting because we were talking <laughs> you know he kind of puts it on the table of like I'm interested in you period <laughs> question mark and he thinks she's interested in him obviously he's just waiting to hear the reciprocation which he does not hear in this occasion because <laughs> no, Lily is not having anything of it no she is done. And she marches out of that bookstore. Nonetheless, Lily must go on and fulfill her duties as president of the Jane Austen Society, which must have been awkward considering she knows it's his bookstore that the event is being hosted in. And uh, throughout all these meetings, I mean, honestly, she's very absent-minded <laughs> for being the president of the Jane Austen Society. She pretty much shows up with a topic that's very broad and is like, now discuss. Right. And I'm not going to really contribute much. Well, and there is a woman in the book club that is always calling her out to be like, yes. you drifted. You drifted again. Way to go. We love her. We, we love do. Her. And in this meeting, not any different than the rest. No. But, but she does have an awful lot going in her mind. I mean, she does. It was a huge success that she had yes. to hang her hat on. But then at her company, but then to get this kind of feeling of him setting her up. Right. Because the book meant so much to her and to be yes. at the brink of maybe being published. Right. And have it be because she knows him and was flirting with him and spent right. time with him is not, is not selling on her right. So you can tell she's, you can tell by her face, she's not really participating in this, yeah. in this particular Jane society meeting. And as per her usual, she, when she's woken from her revere, she says the most random things. And this time her random announcement is that she's decided she's going to finally take the trip to England. She's going to step away from this for yes. a while. First she says she'll step away for a while right, as right. the president. She just, she, she's made this decision. She's stepping away. And then she says it's so that I can make my trip to England. Yeah. Which everybody then praises her and thinks right. that's absolutely wonderful. But that's... I don't know that she really was going to make the trip to England. Who <laughs> knows? Honestly, she just like, she sometimes just was random in my opinion. But so then it gets a little Tracy Chapman like, you like, give me one reason to stay here. Yeah. Know, and I'll turn right back around kind of thing, you know, because that's kind of the feel that you get because everything kind of comes to that pause. Mm -hmm. She has the, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Right. I just need to do this. And there's no other reason to stay. And this leads to our happily ever after moment because we do have at this time Trevor yes. enter standing. Everybody else is in their little circle sitting mm -hmm. and basically professes his love for her. Yes. I mean, in a lot of different words and a lot of different ways. Very sweet. But he does it very much as I think Jane would approve. Yes, I think so. He does not demean Lily. He no. does not belittle Lily. He does no. not put her in the position of here I am, this great man coming right. to love you. Aren't you just lucky? He does I mean, not he acknowledges do anything. It would be a second chance. Yes. And he's and he's asking for that second mm -hmm. chance based on persuasion. He pulls in the books, he pulls yep. in Jane, he pulls in everything, but does it in a very Loving and respectful way, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I thought it was a pretty powerful demonstration from him. Yes. Um, and he, I think his sweetest line was he said something about how he is always thinking and how 
he thinks that Lily would be the one who could help him slow down, who could help him, you know, think twice. And, you know, kind of saying, you're the person that makes me better. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So we have our happily ever after, which actually leads to our... Smooch Smooch And... Uh, it was solid for me. I, I wouldn't say... Is that like medium or like middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe a smidge above middle. Okay. Because it went on for a while. It, a while, uh, a while. Obviously, yes. And in a way it was kind of... Oh, it was a long time coming, but I mean, you know, you kind of expected. Oh, yeah, there was this, build up. this was, yeah. yeah, yeah. I put it as a little bit above medium as okay. well, and okay. I said it was a really long kiss and really sweet. There you go. <laughs> and it's, we, yeah, we do get a little flash forward. We get a little bit. We get Lily back at her apartment or her house or whatever it is, yeah. looking out the window, seeing that Jane is mm-hmm. sitting on a bench in the park. Correct. Enjoying the sunshine. Yes. So she can go have her conversation with Jane. Yeah. This is basically goodbye and she knows it because it, she, it she's gotten her life in order. She's done the writing thing. She's found the Mr. Darcy. She's she's set now. And she basically says, I know why you're here. You came in when mm-hmm. I needed you. Right. And so obviously we have our imaginary Jane mm-hmm. filling a space that yes. Lily needed filled. Correct. To move forward in her life. We have a cute little uh, young lady moment where she's reading Pence and Sensibility. She, I don't know, nine, ten, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, seems she's very, very young. young. Actually acknowledges Jane. Yep. They wave at each other, which surprises Lily that someone else yeah. can see Jane. She thought she was special. <laughs> and then she and Jane just kind of walk away together. Yes, we get our concluding moment, which honestly was really funny hallmark we see you because trevor says he stopped by early because there was a business investment that he was considering but he wanted her thoughts it's for eco livestock in the whole movie you know every quote suitor that lily's considering whether it be martin or brandon or um trevor Trevor, she says do they do they have a herd of cattle because you have to, you know, as a man, you have to provide resources after all. And every time she's like, this, this is really just not relevant. So the idea that he's looking into bovine stock basically cracks Lily up. And she says, you know, this is how I know you're the right man for me. She has a very impassioned speech of her own where she basically says, this is even better than a novel because this is real life. This is the romance I always wanted to see for myself. And nice smooch to end our little movie. And it's the perfect marriage of two minds, which is what yes. she said at the very beginning right, she, that wanted she wanted to have. Yes. So yes, then we end there. Well, we do have to get to our elements. So fashion, hair, makeup, mom, thoughts. Oh, love Alice and Sweeney. I do love outfits. Uh, fashion, I can't even. Oh I my can't gosh. even keep up with the number I was gonna say, of outfits that woman but wore. But all of them looked great on her. I that know. was the thing. There wasn't even one that stood out to me of like, eh, not cute. No, like they all looked great oh, on yeah. her. Oh yeah. Oh, they did. I will most, say. Most assuredly. Hair, I wasn't mad about. It was very librarian-esque. But Hallmark, what were we doing with the makeup of our characters? What were we doing? It was rare that her face matched her neck, but more so you could see how, I mean, already with the lighting, you you could see how not great it was, but anytime she like turned her head and you got a glimpse of her ear, I mean, her ear was like five shades different than her face. Like, I just don't know. And, and they did it to the friend, Alicia, too. 
She I also noticed so much with Alicia. Alicia was even worse because most of the time her neck didn't match either. And mm. I'm just like, I don't know, maybe maybe it was a lighting problem and I'm thinking it's a makeup problem, but Tess has taught me how to look out for it. And I got to say, Hallmark, that was a little... Disappointing. That was a little tough because we know Allison is gorgeous. Like, we don't need to be coating makeup on her anyways, so... Why did we choose that? But his fashion, I thought, was really good for his character. Yep. His hair was very different than anything I've seen him in before. And it fit the kind of techie, cutting edge, genius. I think there was mold. one outfit he had. There was a jacket with a three-button type shirt at the top or something where the, the, the colors did not mm-hmm. go together. What was it? Like a green and a brown? That was. I'm like, actually not sure. I, I forget I what it was. You. I didn't make, I I didn't make a... I didn't jot it down, but I recall looking at like, oh my gosh. I think it was when he went to the office to see her and Jane was uh, in her office. And so she had the door, you know, I, I think whatever he had on at that point, I was like, oh my gosh. The actress for clash. Jane though, really good. Yeah. She looked she, like Jane Austen. Yeah. That was impressive how yeah. they found that look alike. And she pulled off, you know, the accent really well. She she stayed in her character really well. So we're going to go back to our her. ghost from the 1920s. I, I did get the same vibes. I really yeah, did. It felt yeah. similar. We, we love like, that, you know, uh, what was it, three three bedrooms, two bath, and a ghost? Yes, like that. that's yeah. exactly it. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not, I'm not convinced on the makeup. But chemistry of our couple, Mom. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, you could see they had an interest in each other and Correct. it was that kind of push and pull type of thing, but it wasn't wow. I will say Benjamin, Aries, mm-hmm. knows how to pull off that last moment of when the chemistry finally comes to he the crescendo. He does. Because because he does. He was literally so like stroking her, like so sweetly, like stroking her face, not in a creepy way. That sounds creepy when I say it, but I don't have a better way of saying it. I know what you're saying. It, that it part wasn't was really good. I wouldn't have put them together. Setting. We knew we were in Boston. I I don't know. I kind of liked all the settings. All the I think there was some. There were a couple of where they were walking up to a brownstone or something where it just looked really fake. To me, at least. I thought that there was were a the couple. pub, right? The no, no, it or, was when oh. they were going to, I forget where they were going. Um, she and Alicia were walking, oh, to Brandon's brownstone or home oh, or whatever it was. Oh, okay, okay. The outside of it just looked super fake. Oh, I don't super remember fake. catching that. I thought it, well, either way, um, Boston was an interesting choice. For this movie. I'm not opposed. That's just unique for them. Normally it'd be New York. I'm surprised. I know. <laughs> and they actually had son in Boston. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Good for him. Well, those are really our key elements. Which leads us to our final segment. Our character counts. With our character counts, we have our usual... Counts that each of us keeps. Yes. And we have our ever-important woo-woo rating. So first we start with our counts. I'm going to start with mine, which will... Are phenomenal. Uh, Phenomenally high. Not disappointingly low (laughs) like we've had in a lot of them. I think Sally's are going to be low, so I'll start with mine. Mine will be low, yeah. Ought to pump you all up a little bit here to, (laughs) to watch this movie. For nothing else, the counts that I'm going to give you. Fair. Sweaters slash jackets. Okay. He had five. She had nine. Whoa. Now, 14. I think she might have had more. Okay. I'm not sure. quite even sure. I got to the point of, seriously, <laughs> yeah, another like... one. Kind of thing. 
necklaces. She had 12. 12 that I counted. I think I got them all. Yeah. Wow. That's I think every scene she had a different necklace. I think yeah. we only had a repeat one. The, the small cameo yeah, was, a that was a repeat. And maybe that small like teardrop almost. Yes. One. Might have been a repeat. I think that but was. Other than that. Yeah. Fresh new necklaces. Shoes. Every day. All I ever saw with him are the white tennis shoes. But that's because basically they really didn't show his yeah, feet. Yeah. Not really. They only showed his feet twice and I really got to see it. Yeah. And both times it was these white tennis shoes. Now. Let's look at our Lily. So she had 11. Whew. To 12 for shoes total. But she had 11. That's really high for shoes. Really high. Uh, purses, she had six. Okay. That's pretty. That's so we had Allison. Showing. And and I told Sally, I said, I'm, a, I'm so glad I didn't count dresses that she had because I don't. I, sunglasses were one. Sunglasses and scarf each one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she had that for the incognito. True, true, true. Hi, hiding out, you know, you Hernando's know hideaway sunglasses. type of thing. But I'm just saying. Whew, yeah. She, the outfits she this woman it. had on. Fashion was. Oh, we already talked about that. But it was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Your counts. Sorry. So, she was the only one who drank anything in the movie. His counts were zero. Which wow. I think is one of the first times that we've had one of our leading actors and actresses not I think drink so. anything. So, hot beverages were three. As far as I could tell, all three were coffee, but a little ambiguous if it was coffee or tea. She poured a tea with Jane. We just don't true, know she true, true. That's true. Cold beverages, five. Seemingly all water with a lemon slice in it. We weren't sure. This is weren't what sure. this was her standard drink at the pub. Yes. So we don't know, but it sure just looked like ice water with a lemon. It sure did. And adult beverages, as far as I could tell, zero. Unless we're counting some of those waters as not waters. But I'm yeah. thinking she's not drinking straight vodka. So I'm thinking it's it's waters. Right. So yeah, those are my dismal counts for this week. <laughs> See, good thing I start with my count. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Okay. And that leads us to our woo-woo rating, which was, we was, dedicate, was. even though our, our, our golden retriever right now is tapped out. She's slumped. The snow just kind of got her. The yeah, snow finally came hot and heavy uh, here. So she's ever so happy, but she's wiped out from that snow stomping that she does. Right. And her nose plowing that she does. Nose plowing. Nala, our golden retriever. Our gorgeous and wonderful inspiration for this podcast. Yes, indeed. We woo-woo to honor her woo-woos for every little thing that she does. We give our reading of one to five. One being the least favorite Hallmark. Five being the most favorite Hallmark movie. And so, I shall start with my woo-woo rating. Please do. Love and Jane. Okay. I give it a three woo-woo rating. Okay. And what went behind that? It was just a solid traditional Hallmark movie. I I would say 2.5, but I'll give the 0.5 because I love Allison Sweeney. Oh, I love Allison. And I loved all those outfits. And I liked their portrayal of Jane Austen. Yes, yes, true. I mean, it was a, a clever kind of mm-hmm. plot, but not... I just felt like I was bebopping all over the place, and yeah. it's not that I couldn't follow it. I was following, but I felt like things were thrown in that didn't have to be thrown in. I I just wasn't, I mean, a, it, it's a good solid three. It's mm-hmm. it's just not one of their top yeah. 
top offerings. I could see that. After watching Love and Jane, I gave it a four woo-woo rating. I think the good of it, I thought they found a very spot on Jane Austen yes. lookalike. Because the thing is, if you promise Jane Austen, I think that's where I really gave this movie credit. Because I'm like, they're not going to be able to pull off Jane Austen. That's just what I thought in my head. I'm like, it's just not going to feel authentic. But I think because they didn't overdo too many scenes with her. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I thought this was going to be a little bit like the three... Bedroom, two bath, one ghost. And not that that movie was bad. I mean, you 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 can go back and listen to Flat mm-hmm. White Like a Ghost and you'll hear it got a decent rating. But they spent a lot, a lot of time on like the, wait, what's a phone? Wait, what's this? Wait, what's that? And they easily could have done that for this movie, but I actually appreciate that they didn't. The hardest thing that Jane couldn't wrap her mind around was the lack of cattle owning that was going on yeah, which i thought to, was hilarious she seemed to go for the laptop and stuff just fine so right yeah, and i yeah. and i appreciate that because honestly as an audience member like we, we can take that. that for granted we yeah. don't we don't need to get into that we don't need to waste precious airtime covering the complexities of the internet so i i appreciated their take on it because mm-hmm. it wasn't overdone and yeah. i i really thought it was going to be overdone I really liked the work bestie dynamic, and I thought what was really unique about this one is for once they were not the same age. Normally they're always the exact same age and the exact same life stage doing the exact same thing, and for once that wasn't true. They weren't even they weren't even doing the same job. They just were kind of on a creative team right. together, and right. that's what brought them together. Yeah, very good point. And so I actually really appreciated that because that felt realistic, because normally... Well, in my case, my word bestie is pretty much my same age, but I, I know in a lot of settings that's not going to be the truth. Um, I thought overall, you know, similar to our sister ghost lady in that movie that we keep hearkening back to, they did have a really good relationship. The moments between Jane and Lily were very precious, in my opinion. Even their little spat I thought was kind of cute in that, you know, they just weren't ready to hear each other. Um, the reason I bumped it down to four woos is I sometimes just wanted a bit more. It's not that the movie itself was bad, but just sometimes I'm like, huh, I wish that was flushed out. I think we spent a lot of time on the Jane Society, which I know was important for the movie, obviously, but we spent a lot of time with Lily just totally unfocused. And like, I would have loved to see her be an active participant in it, like, Sometimes she shared her opinions, but more often than not, she just was like, all right, trucker guy, tell me what you think. And then just sits there after he says something and it's like, well, this is awkward as heck. Like, why aren't you saying something? I don't know. Like, it was kind of moments like that where I just felt, I'm not sure if they were trying to say she's kind of disconnected from her life or trying to highlight that unhappiness she felt. But I wish sometimes, I almost felt like in this movie, I wished for more words. And normally I don't wish that of Hallmark movies. So maybe that's just something I have to personally sit with. But well, those... a little more continuity of what the whole story yeah. was with Trevor. Yeah. Because sure. I, I just didn't, it's like, okay, I, you are just kind of painting him. When she said, I don't even know who you are. It's like, well, psh, join the club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clearly from this movie, we don't know either. True. And even by the end, it's not like you really did. That's actually, thank you for saying that, because I forgot. The The other thing that brought it down from my perspective is definitely the chemistry route, because 
we can kind of understand why Lily would be into Trevor in the sense of he is very intelligent. He's probably one of the first people that, at least in the movie, has an equal chance of conversation with her when it comes to books. And she is very inspired by the way he views books and the way he sees connections between people. But you don't truly get an understanding of why Trevor would be interested in Lily back. Because, like I said, most of the movie she's kind of bebopping around and not really committed to anything. And I would think that that would be a major, like, eh, maybe pass for someone like Trevor, who yeah. is incredibly committed and driven and motivated. Yeah. So I, I just wish we would have gotten, like, maybe he just liked the dichotomy of that, of like, oh, she's not like me. But even then, I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you really didn't see that building. No. I mean, you did, yeah, there was no no basis yeah. for a lot of yeah what happened. There, well, so. okay, those are our thoughts on the movie. So, uh, feel free. Let's see what should our poll be this week. Maybe sound down in the poll whether you have read a Jane Austen novel or not, because Mom and I are quickly realizing. We have not. Well, I have not. I have definitely not. <laughs> oh, I have not either. I've only read uh, Jane Eyre, which is not Jane Austen. It's Charlotte Bronte. So. Yes, one of Bronte. <laughs> not, not Jane Austen. I've always been interested, just haven't. I have a 25-page long Google Drive document of books I want to read, so it just hasn't happened yet. But... <laughs> Q&A also tell us what book you're currently reading maybe we could get some suggestions exactly well we will give our shout outs as always so shout out to Tessa you're hanging out with another shout out shout out to Jess and Winnie we love you Win Win and BB yes we love you all hope you're being safe with all the snow 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 shout out to our husbands, to Mark and to Nick, thank you as always for your support and your love, especially as we close out Valentine's week yes. together. Correct. Shout out to my Red Knights hockey fam and my new Saucy Brew Works Women's League fam. That's right. I'm doing hockey two nights a week. Teehee. What's new? Um, Shout out to... Our tea provider for the evening, which is Tazo. Tonight, Mom, what did we have? We had lemon loaf. Hey, yes, we did love it. Thank you very much because Sally provided. The I tea just for the wanted evening. a little lemon moment for this evening that mm -hmm. was caffeine free. And wait till you see the pick of the dessert that Sally made. <laughs> Ooh. We did do a Valentine's Day inspired Yum cookie of a chocolate covered strawberry mm. take. Very tasty. Shout out to all of our listeners, both loyal and new. We appreciate you coming back each week to hear our Hallmark Chitter Chatter. Next week, we will be forging ahead in Loveuary. So, um, you know, we're still, in, we're still in February. We're still trekking through. We hope everyone's staying safe with the snow. We're definitely trying to stay safe for ourselves in lovely Ohio. And we ask Allison to please be on the cruise with us oh, in November. No. Just saying. Just saying. Putting it out there because I'm sure she'll be listening to Would our podcast. Would you want Benjamin there too? Yeah, Benjamin can come. Okay, Benjamin, sure. you're invited. Sure. Just in case Hallmark hasn't extended an invite as, yet. As long as Pete Campbell's there. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> well, until next time. Cheers! Cheers!